Hello, and welcome to Commerce Confidential. I'm your host, Randy Cole. Thank you so much for listening. In this episode, we're going to take a deep dive into the digital shelf, a topic that's extremely important to brand manufacturers and retailers, but not such a great place to store your family's precious heirlooms. Coincidentally, my special guest for today's episode is Dennis Peake. Dennis is the business lead for product experience management and product information management for Wonderman Thompson Netherlands. He is also responsible for Shelfmaster, a new offering from Wonderman Thompson that helps brand manufacturers, CPG companies, retailers, and wholesalers deliver better customer experiences by providing more complete product content across sales channels. So without further ado, let's get to it. Dennis, welcome to Commerce Confidential. Thank you, Randy. Thank you for having me. It's our pleasure. We really appreciate you joining us. And so today we're going to talk specifically about the digital shelf. And, you know, for a lot of our listeners that may not be familiar with the terminology or something that they're getting used to, at a, at a very high level, can you tell us what the digital shelf is? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think the phrase the digital shelf is actually it's been originated in in the US uh, and now in Europe also we, we see a great deal of, um, let's say, developments uh, on the digital shelf. So first about the terminology. I think the digital shelf is the online equivalent to the traditional shopping aisle that we all know, right? We we shop in grocery stores, in pharmacies, department stores, um, and consumers, they shop in all kinds of places, in store, online, uh, social channels, marketplaces. And I think the digital shelf is the, is the combination of search, product listing pages, product detail pages, where consumers browse, inform themselves, and, and decide actually to make a purchase. But more than just a place to make a purchase, it's, it's also starting to become a place where consumers interact with each other, where they read reviews, where they read uh, uh, information about experiences other consumers may also have had with products and brands and services. The online place, yeah, that's the digital shelf, and the, yeah, it's it's behaving quite differently uh, than where consumers shop in brick and mortar. Um, I think that's from a high level perspective, the, the digital shelf as we know it. Yeah, and obviously we're all interacting with it more and more these days, as you know, our our behaviors change and we we shift to an online first type of mentality. So, in relation to digital shelf, what is the opportunity for brands here? Well, for brands specifically, I, th- I think the trend is that there is much more uh, revenue that's going to online these days. Both brand manufacturers and retailers are seeing seeing growth in online revenue. Um, and even in categories where brick and mortar revenue is also on the rise, I think the, the online revenue is expanding much, uh, much more faster. Uh, and that has an impact on the revenue share that the traditional brand manufacturers are used to. So, for instance, imagine yourself buying a bar of chocolate, for instance. If you go to any online, for any offline grocery store, by average, you will find 100, maybe two, 300 variations of chocolate for sale. And there will be three or four major companies like Nestle or Mondelez that dominate actually the shelf space in any given retail aisle. If you compare that to the online experience, if you go to, uh, for instance, uh, an Amazon marketplace like Amazon, there's 10,000s of chocolate bars for sale and different variations. Uh, so it's much harder for, let's say, the traditional companies to find the same amount of revenue share online that they're used to offline. The traditional brands have been competing with each other for more than 100 years in the traditional ways of marketing to win uh, revenue share, or market share in brick and mortar. 
And online, actually, it's an open environment. It's an endless aisle. Um, everyone can compete there. So the competition is also much uh, much stronger there. So seeing this, uh, I think online, the situation is that it's much harder to gain the same amount of revenue share. So if the market is expanding, that will uh, mean that it's for brands yeah, important to step up their game. Otherwise, that growth is going to impact their market share on uh, on a broad basis. Absolutely. And, you know, obviously, there's some complexity there. So... You know, what are the common challenges brands face when it comes to the digital shelf? Yeah, I think the, the biggest challenge is that brands are traditionally organized to do business in in brick and mortar. Uh, I think for, for most brands, uh, up to 90% of their revenue is still coming from traditional brick and mortar sales, right? Brands have been organized to build and maintain that revenue. And I think what they've been doing well and successfully is that they've negotiated a collaboration with retailers uh, to have the, the right level of shelf space in store. And they've invested with uh, with ads and uh, and advertisement campaigns uh, to pool marketing mechanisms to invite people to do a purchase in store, right? Like I said, companies have been doing that for 100 years already. And brands talk about brands to inspire people. But what's changed is that consumers are using the internet uh, to ask many detailed questions, what they want to know about individual products, not, not per se brands only. And they want to know about individual products and consumers, they care actually about the products that they buy. They're spending money on it. Uh, they want to know all about it. They want to know what kind of ingredients are in there. They want to know what products are uh, having for impact on the environment, for instance. Uh, but if you look at the CPG space, they want to know also about side effects, adverse events about best ways to use products. So I think all of these questions, uh, yeah, they have detailed uh, data and content uh, that is needed to answer these questions from a brand manufacturer uh, perspective. Uh, and I think, uh, the, yeah, the common challenge is how we can give consumers a, let's say, a high level of customer experience across all platforms that they're using to shop for products. Um, so I think, again, yeah, it's a cultural change. Uh, brands and retailers really need to work together. Yeah, that's the biggest challenge that we see. Okay. And so, you know, as a brand's looking to sell, you know, possibly on their own e-commerce channel through retailers and marketplaces, like you mentioned, Amazon, how can brands overcome these challenges and win in an omni-channel market? Yeah, I think it's important that we understand and that we do research to, let's say, the customer experience uh, on all these platforms, right? A lot of brand manufacturers and retailers, for that matter, are already starting in this field and, and starting initiatives and some better than other, right? And if you do an analysis, I think uh, what has existed to become is that there is a ecosystem, an ecosystem of, of stakeholders within these marketplace. I think if you look at what brands should do or what retailers should do, uh, there's a couple of ways to start. Uh, for instance, a brand can work on getting a great base in there of product content. They should invest in seamless syndication to retailers uh, and have an organization in place to optimize content from a day-to-day -day basis. And retailers, on the other hand, uh, they should seek the collaboration with brands. Retailers need to work on millions of products and product variations. And the only way to do that at scale is if they have a great automated collaboration with brand manufacturers. And third, I think also intermediaries play a big role. So there's intermediate service providers who actually have devoted their work to data quality and data accuracy. And on top of this, uh, what you actually see now is that uh, that more enriched uh, content and, uh, and rich content is syndicated as well through intermediary service providers. So I think they all play a major role in giving the best customer experience, both direct to consumer through marketplaces and through retailers. That all makes perfect sense. And so, you know, your team 
at Wonderman Thompson has created a product. Um, my understanding is called Shelfmaster. Yep. So that you know is is built to address a lot of these issues you just discussed. Can you tell us a, a bit more about what Shelfmaster is as a product? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, actually, Shelfmaster is a framework of tools and services. It's not just a product. Uh, what we are actually hoping to do as Wonderman Thompson is to help facilitate the collaboration between these parties that I've uh, that I've just mentioned. They all have their value and their role and their responsibility in in this ecosystem to provide the best uh, level of customer experience, right? So what we actually do is we add power to the organization of brand manufacturers and retailers. And the way we work is divided across a couple of different modules. So for instance, the first level is that we provide a blueprint uh, that's a firm foundation layer containing actually all aspects of data that is required in the, in the entire value chain from product development to product syndication and for building up product detail pages for consumers uh, yeah, to actually make a purchase. So we start actually by creating one single data model um, across all silos of organizations. We try to bring that data together. And uh, by doing so, we are allowing actually quality checks to be installed, uh, collaboration across departments, uh, having different policies and ownership of data to, uh, to be installed. And not just holistically, but also down to very nitty gritty level of attributes, for instance, to have those ingredients or those, uh, those specificities on that first events managed. And once we have that, then we can help stack shelves, right? We can have stack online shelves uh, where we are going to syndicate product content uh, to any shopping channel where consumers are, are shopping with clean, compelling and validated product content. And once we do that in Reload, we actually help on a day-to-day basis as a managed service, companies to optimize their product uh, experience by measuring uh, the customer demands, consumer demands, by analyzing what products are doing well and where we can in, uh, improve. And in the end, on a day-to-day basis, uh, harmonize uh, people's work by automating processes and leveraging uh, technology to do that. Okay. So I know, you know a lot of the companies we work with have already invested in product information management systems or PIMs. Does Shelfmaster work in place of or in addition to a product information system? Yeah, good question. I think Shelfmaster is a framework of services and technology. And I think in most cases, we work in conjunction with PIM solutions. So um, yeah, one of the key capabilities is that we help our clients to make the most use of PIM, right? Because PIM is a great place where that information comes together, uh, like I just described. Our estimation is that companies have already invested in data platforms like like a PIM that, that we can help them optimize to work with. But it can also be the case that we help select and put in technologies like PIM system to improve their business processes. I think it's fair to say that PIM plays a vital role as being one of the pivotal foundation layers for e-commerce and digital shelf success. But more importantly, I think Shelfmaster also helps the business team to connect to any type of platform that they need to work with. So that can also be that we help them extend their capability with connectivity to external service providers, marketplaces, but also third-party stakeholders. I think it's important that we connect the dots and that we help all business people to unlock that content that they sit on to help uh, improve their go-to-market processes. Unlock the content, unlock the value of the systems they already have, and obviously drive more revenue and profit for the business. That's the goal for everyone, so that's, that, that makes perfect sense. Absolutely. You know, lastly, is there any other advice or considerations for those brands that are managing a large assortment of SKUs? You mentioned you know, millions of SKUs. Any advice or considerations for those companies? 
Yeah, absolutely. I think both brands and retailers should investigate ways to optimize the experience for all consumers, right? And that means that we need to look holistically at organizations. Um, it's a people tools and process exercise. So basically, the challenge is twofold. You have brand manufacturers on one side who have thousands of products that they sell on hundreds of channels per per market, per region. And you have, on the other hand, you have retail organizations or distributors who sell millions of products to consumers through their own uh, shops or direct to consumer shop. And, and that needs to make the, uh, yeah, become together. And in the end, it's about supporting people. And how can we make people more successful? That is by, I think, measuring customer and employee happiness. And by doing that, we can look at processes that should be improved to achieve these goals. So what we can do is to help automate and facilitate these uh, these improvements, leveraging technologies. And it's these foundational questions that we should all ask our clients and ask ourselves and to see where we can help them uh, by, by proper answers. Excellent. Well, I really appreciate the information. We've covered a lot in a, a little bit of time. Really informative. And I think as people are looking to better their digital game. Learning more about the digital shelf is super important as well as, you know, the shelf master product that we have to help them do that. You know, lastly, I'm going to take a a little left turn and lead you out on this. You know, there's a a bit of a football tournament coming up this November and uh, the Netherlands, you know, just, we just had the draw a couple weeks ago. Uh, What do you think about the Netherlands drawing chances in, in the world cup 2022? That's a good question. Well, thanks. I, I think the Dutch are are famous for their uh, frantic expectations of the national team. We always think we will we'll win the, the World Cup, but recent tournaments have learned us that we are not so successful as that we think we are, right? I think the Dutch football associations would have a, a much better vision on long-term success. Uh, so, for instance, uh, the late Johan Cruyff famously said, soccer is easy, but the most difficult thing is to play soccer simple. And I think we forget that sometimes. But having said that, I think we're very lucky with the draw. And uh, I don't think there's any chance that our Orange team yeah, will not make it to the playoffs. Looking forward to it. Thank you so much, Dennis. Really appreciate it. And have, have a great day. Thank you, Randy. You too. Well, I can talk digital shelf in World Cup soccer or football all day. But that brings us to the end of this episode. I'd like to once again thank our guest, Dennis Peake, for joining us, and a special thanks to each and every one of you for listening. Commerce Confidential is a guerrilla group, a Wonderman Thompson Company production. This episode was produced by me, Randy Cole. Original music by Adam Lee Murphy. Thank you, Adam. If you enjoyed listening, please consider tapping that like or subscribe button. As the old saying goes, A click is worth a thousand words. If you have any feedback or comments, contact me at rcole at guerrillagroup.com. We hope you'll join us for the next episode of Commerce Confidential. And in the meantime, 